Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast where I finally managed to time things every last minute with Ruth and someone else. It's lovely to be here. It's been a while. I just had... happened to be messaging you, didn't I, at that point? I just thought, <clears throat> who the hell not? So we've got 30 minutes to get through as many questions as possible. Actually, mm. 40 minutes. So that's fantastic. We've got a lot to all of them throughout the week. I hope people, <clears throat> I, I kind of wonder, like, give us any feedback of um, if people mind that I just sort of like dot through them as as I can. Well, just yeah, I think that people don't. I mean, I've got them here, so I'm happy to read them out and then let you go. Um, but we're definitely not going to finish them all, even in forty minutes. Not on the tangents that potentially could happen. <laughs> That makes <laughs> some of them I think might double up to be honest because I don't know if you I find that sometimes the same, people are asking this similar questions so we'll probably end up finding we've covered some in a previous one maybe oh we'll see. 100% answered the same questions a million times but that's not the point no I, I meant on this thread we might end up we might end up being able to it says 17 but we might end up covering more than we think maybe. who knows okay. do you want me to start yeah. I mean, how are you? How are you feeling? <laughs> I was like, we're on a roll. It's I'm okay. I've had the stinky cold and it's in my chest. So I'm feeling a bit sorry for myself. Um, so yeah, hopefully it will go. Obviously, lost my lovely little dog um on Friday. And I think I was ill then. And I, I don't know if you have this, when you'll get you're kind of ill and then something happens and you're not able to rest and give your body what it needs, and then you're like, oh now it's gone to my chest. So Thanks. That's what's happened. So, yeah, but otherwise, I'm fine. I am. I just, uh, yeah, just had a tricky weekend. But also, on I sent Emma a message, actually, because I was like, things have been really tough. But then I get such lovely messages from the community, not just about, like, the check-ins were lovely. Lots of people kind of messaging, saying, like, thank you and enjoying the feedback. And, like, if you're not going to feel like your mood's perked by anything, like... <laughs> well by that and nothing's going to cheer you up is it so it was lovely That's yeah nice. I actually got the nicest piece of feedback yesterday about Ruth which do I still, <laughs> um, it actually made my day as well I was like oh. and you know she's you, lovely that lady I'm like, I think I replied to her like you just have the best energy like thanks for sharing it but anyway she said oh, she's so funny yeah. I find you well. I just wanted to send a little message to say a massive thank you for introducing me to Ruth. I can't believe how much I get on with her and how she is helping me so much on both the physical and mental level. I did say to her the other day, is it wrong that I now class you as one of my besties? I just had my monthly Zoom chat with her and she seems pleased with how I'm doing. But I just know that I wouldn't be doing so well without her support and her extreme knowledge. Knowledge about everything, may I add. I know a testimonial should come probably at the end of one-to-one -one coaching, but I just couldn't wait to say how happy I am with how everything is going and how it's all happening. I thought it's it's really lovely, isn't that lovely? Do you know, and again, you know, you're you're like there, and you get these messages, and you're like, well, I'm not normally a crier, but that definitely brings a tear to your eye when you're like, I'm glad I do. I love my job, as you know, and it's so lovely to just kind of know that it's helping people 
practice mm -hmm. in it. It's nice to, I think, you know, people can just assume that you know, but it's always nice to be told, isn't it? Um, well, so, I no, I love it. Yeah, as well. Like, I think often from a client perspective, it's almost like, yeah, well, I'm doing my check-in or whatever. But I think it's easy to forget that, like, there's a real person on the other side and, like, we get a lot from the check-ins as well and the feedback and like even if it's like harder feedback and ways to improve but also just like like we care a lot like the coaches yeah really, like you should see our group chat like we care yeah really care and that's the thing so when people aren't aren't doing as well as they want to be we want to help you like really want to help you and when people are doing well we want to celebrate with you I mean it's just it's lovely so we kind of live your highs and lows with you really which is amazing yeah very lucky to do what we do sure. we are. now I will preface this with I've had a lot of caffeine today um, <laughs> this is a decaf I've had enough oh, oh well I you know I've, I've had a lot she's gonna um, bring the energy <laughs> but let's get cracking so the first one how to control can we read it I've got it here how to control comfort yeah. eating different strategies I've not cracked it and I think the first thing to remember here is instead of putting a plaster over something try and figure out the root cause and I say this as well with often people get into this cycle of overeating in the evenings often but it could be at any point of day or on the weekend or whatever there's like this a consistent thing mm -hmm. it's one of the things that holds people back from losing weight is they tend to have periods of overeating and what most people do is focus on trying to avoid the overeating or try to avoid the comfort eating or try to avoid, avoid the boredom eating instead of thinking what's causing that problem. Now, a lot of the time you need to make sure that you've kind of quote, unquote diagnosed it as the right thing. So in this instance, you've said comfort eating. Let's make sure it is comfort eating and not boredom eating or not overeating because you've over restricted, which is one of the most common reasons that people end up overeating. So make sure it's the right thing, because depending on why you're overeating, the solution will be different. So if it is boredom eating, it's like, cool, this might sound quite hard, harsh, but like get something to do. Like if you're boredom eating, find a way of not being bored. And if you're comfort eating, then really the answer is more about finding a way to create comfort that doesn't exceed your calorie allowance, right? What's actually going to be more comforting long term? There's a quote I freaking love by Brianna. I actually screenshotted it. It's the other not day. Rihanna, the singer, is it? <laughs> not Rihanna, Brianna. Brianna. Yeah. There Brianna, you go. It's, it's. Let me to find it. No, I've got it. It's. It's just I don't know how to say the last name, but it's W I E S T. So is it like Weist? or weist or weist or weist is it I mean I don't know I mean I'm not going to be able to, to pronounce it anyway but anyway she says true self-care is not salt baths or chocolate cake it's making the choice to build a life that you don't need to regularly escape from now in my head I remembered that as more relevant to the conversation we're having right now but it's not that relevant but you've had can I just the say though in the same it's the delayed gratification and the instant gratification isn't it that's what you're thinking about you're kind of choosing a longer term award which when you're feeling stressed or run down is really hard sometimes to do and you think it's going to be that but there is normally or I say always something that can bring you comfort for longer than food immediately 
as well. You can kind of feel like, oh, I am, I want this, I want something now to bring me comfort. And if you look around, there's often something that can make you feel better for a bit longer, like walking, having a hot bath, all of those things. Well, especially if, you know, if fat loss is your goal and you're looking for comfort and you're looking for comfort in extra food that's going to take you away from that goal, that's not going to bring you long-term comfort, right? Much like self-care, like most, for most people isn't chocolate cake because realistically that's not going to help them long-term, right? It might bring them momentary comfort, but often, especially if it's taking you away from the goal that you have, it actually brings you longer-term disappointment or frustration with yourself which isn't comfortable, right? When you're annoyed at yourself because you've done something that wasn't in line with your goals and you maybe weren't intentional with it. So I'm certainly not saying never have chocolate cake, but have it with intention as opposed to kind of just like almost by accident having it and it taking you away from the pursuit of the goal that you actually want. You're going to end up in more discomfort, but that discomfort potentially being different with just like annoyance at yourself for the behavior that you've taken if you think longer term, and I think, um, oh, who was this? I can't even remember. But anyway, sometimes when it comes to things like stress and over, like feeling like you've got too much to do and things as well, like there's a question you have to ask yourself, like, am I gonna feel less stressed by putting my phone on airplane mode and actually doing an hour of the work that I need to do? Or am I gonna feel less stressed by taking a hot bath? Like, and there might be different times for different things, right? You need to kind of figure out with yourself what's best for you. But often for me, if I'm like, I have so much to do, a better thing for me to do is put my phone on airplane mode, figure out the priority of what's most important for me to get done, spend a solid 30 minutes doing it. And then I realize, hey, actually I've done loads of it. It wasn't that bad. Or even spending 30 minutes like planning, when is this stuff going to get done? Because a lot of the time it's that you're juggling too many things in your head and everyone knows I'm obsessed with Google Calendar, but once it's all fixed, it, like once it's all in there, for me, I find it way less stressful because I'm like, okay, well, I know when that's getting done. I know when that's getting done. I know when I've got time allocated for each of these things. And I know that I'll follow through with that. So it's totally doable. Instead of it all being jumped up in your head, like, I've got all this stuff to do and I've got no time to do it. I, I love, I know it's kind of, I'm going off on the tangent, but it is relevant to what you've been talking about. This is where I love like the evening routine being kind of almost set as a routine. So for me, it starts when I'm turning off my computer because I was working quite late into the evening because I would kind of do other things. I was working quite late. And then I was like, actually, I'm not sitting down with my kids. So then I was like, I have to have a point where I, I turn off the machine. And then at that point, I will write my to-do list as I'm turning off my computer for the next day. So, and then like pick my priorities. And if there's anything that's gonna take less than five minutes, then you do it immediately. But you know, you you write your to-do list for the next day and then you go down and you can make sure that everything's there. You've kind of got a clear head as you finish your working day before the next day even begins, you've got a clear head of what needs to be done then. So I've just kind of made it that kind of ritual shutdown write list <laughs> and it helps. Oh, absolutely. And it's figuring out what works for you. But I think one thing I will add about Google Calendar that I really like, and it kind of relates to what you've been saying about, okay, but I didn't have time to you know, spend with my kids or spend with my family in the evening. That's one of your highest values, right? So if you're like, right, my three highest values are health, family, and <laughs> I don't know, something else. And you're not actually, when you look at your Google Calendar, it's like, 
all of it's work or all of it's like work and self-care, which, hey, fine. But if you're saying a key value of yours is family, but yet you're spending no time on it, your actions are not in line with that value. And then you call yourself out on it. But it's nice seeing the visual of that. Or you might be saying to yourself, yeah, one of my key values is health. And then you see this visual of how you're spending your time, which is the most important thing. Like that will dictate your life. How you spend your time will dictate your life. So if you've got this visual of how you're spending your time on on like a kind of week format, and none of that time is based towards things that will improve your health or at least maintain your health, then you can't say that health is a high value or you're you're not aligned with those values, right? So mm. that's why I really like it as well. If, if I'm like, yeah, like I really care about, I don't know, spending time with my family, but it's literally not on my week. That's a problem. And, you know, again, this also links in comfort eating because often we can kind of be like, well, I can't do those things I like because... And not have time and like you said if it's there but you've said before and it's so true that sometimes planning that thing to do in the future can be something that gives you that instant gratification in that moment so if you start using your google calendar I think a lot of people think that they're only for work and it's not it's life and you plan in the things that you value but also on that night when you're like I just want to eat comfort food because I don't feel like I'm doing anything for me and feel really stressed you might not be able to do that thing now, but you could go, actually, the thing that's going to make me feel really good is actually sitting down and planning it in. Yeah. I, I just think that, I think it was yeah, Kimberly right. who said like, that. You get a bit of dopamine here yeah. being like, do you know what? On Friday, I'm going to book in a massage or I'm going to mm-hmm. book in at that really nice restaurant I want to go to and I'm going to invite my friends to come with me. That makes you feel better in the moment and you've got something to look forward to and you've scheduled it in and it's all that, like, yeah, I think doing something like that yeah. is definitely something that's going to help you like with mm. the comfort side of things and and doing something that is nice for yourself that isn't just overeating yeah. in the evening which actually just isn't that enjoyable like as much as people are like oh no I love whatever like I don't know stuff on my face or whatever like for a brief moment potentially but even then like, it's, it's often not food's so much nicer when you have it to that point you know that point before you you say diminishing point of return but there is a point isn't there that you kind of if you get you go if I carry on eating suddenly I've done undone all of this enjoyment that I've just had from this meal by now feeling a bit sick yeah and if you know what I do I do want to sit down and have some comfort food and enjoy it at some point this week cool can you schedule that in for your Thursday night and you're going to go out with a friend and sit and have and also think about like the environment in which you do that in. If you go out for a really nice meal, it's actually quite hard to overeat because you'd have to order more mm. and then, you know, and, and overeat in front of other, you know, like you, it's just very unlikely that that's going to happen. Whereas the perfect environment for that is sitting with a tub of open Pringles in front of your TV on your own, like of course you're going to overeat right so so much of it is to do with your environment when people tell themselves that it's a them problem and they just must lack willpower and all this stuff I'm like look at the environment that you're putting yourself in anyone would overeat in that environment like you're surrounding yourself that's readily available you're on your own you don't have other coping mechanisms for the comfort that you're seeking of course you're Mm -hmm. overeating it's not a you problem there's nothing inherently wrong with you you just need to take yourself out of that environment yeah 
No, you're right. You're right. They did that study, didn't they, with popcorn? They had the stale popcorn and fr- and the stale popcorn that they gave to people when they weren't distracted by anything. And they're like, this is disgusting. And then they said the same popcorn as they went into the cinema to watch a film. They just ate it. And it was just showing you that you were, if you're just fixated on something else, your hands would just put that food into your mouth. Um, so actually making food, I've been saying to quite a few people, if you can do one thing, just make sure that every time you're eating, sit down and think about eating. Like don't be doing another job at the same time. <laughs> because again, you can be busy and on the go and just eating. But before you know it, you've just had to shove it all in or whatever. And I think that making time for eating is important like to make it a thing that you sit down and actually you're finding calm to do if there was one tip and I guarantee this will make everybody lose body fat it would be like have a rule that you do not eat on the go now I know that's harder for like people who are really busy and you're like oh but I have my protein bar on the way to the gym while I'm walking there or whatever I actually you know yesterday I ate a protein bar while walking and I thought I normally don't do this you know like I normally actively I'm like when I eat I sit down at a table and I enjoy it and I take my Mm -hmm. time and and actually when I say I enjoy it like you enjoy it significantly more like if you could you reframe that study a little bit there's a few take-homes from it one you'll eat crap food when you're distracted but two you enjoy it significantly less because you're yeah. you're not thinking about it, right? Whereas when you're actually conscious of what you're consuming and you sit down and you think like, this is what I'm having, this is what I'm enjoying. I turn the, you know, stop eating in front of the TV, that kind of stuff. I guarantee you will enjoy food more and eat less of it. Yeah. And like, what's, and what's better for fat loss? Like I can promise you those two things. You'll, you'll enjoy it more and you'll eat less and you'll lose more fat. Cool. That's, okay. that's one thing you need to do is stop eating on the go yeah and actually even if you're on the go if you sit down just like if you've got five minutes just yeah, sit just sit down, down on the street you yeah, know sit on the corner yeah just People might give you sit down in the middle of the road get out your sandwich like, like if anyone asked emma's <laughs> told you emma told you to do it yeah like sorry i'm doing this program it's called commit six um i need to stop and sit down yeah. some <laughs> Some just asking about branded branded t-shirts. Maybe not if you're gonna give them <laughs> be telling them to do um random stuff. But no, it is so important making the time and we often don't. So yeah. we've done one question. Yeah, I know, in 20 minutes. Well done, us. But do you know what? I think that was that was really valuable. And I do want every I do want I do want everyone. That's not good English. I do want people to take like if there's one thing you're going to take away from the last 20 minutes like try that try it for a week be strict with yourself for a week of this is a habit I'm going to change I'm not going to eat on the go that's going to become a rule for me now initially it might be quite hard to do but as an example like I noticed the other day that I was eating on the go because I never do and then I was like what am I doing like I don't normally do this I mean I was in a bit of a rush but it's honestly just so much more enjoyable and you're so much less likely to overeat and you're more likely to have proper food as in breakfast, lunch, dinner and less snacks. Like, it, again, you t- if you're rushed and busy, that's when you end up getting into that snacking cycle as well. So mm-hmm. um, where you're never feeling full and you're just yeah. always eating and, something. And you just forget what you've had. I mean, I've spoken about this numerous times, but it's another good example of 
the reason that tracking works so well for people isn't because the numbers are exact they're not in fact they're wildly <laughs> it, but it doesn't matter like a lot of people are like like tim uh specters like tracking so stupid because it's inaccurate i'm like you're missing the whole point in tracking the whole yeah, point is education that's it and not even that it's the awareness of what you're putting in your body right and you've created a pause so if i'm like oh yeah. I, I might have that biscuit oh but i'd have to open up my fitness pal search for it put it in that gives me time to think about do i actually want it it's also a little barrier to me because it requires a tiny bit of effort bear in mind that like as humans usually we had to put in quite a lot of effort to get food and now it's literally instantaneous or it's just surrounding you in the office or whatever so now you've created a barrier by tracking calories that's why people end up eating less habitually even when you just tell them just track calories I don't care what the numbers are people start to eat less right now you don't have to track calories to increase that awareness of what you're putting in your body and this is another way of doing it is like stop eating on the go sit down take your time if there was like a biscuit on the side and you're like about to grab it okay well you can't grab it you'd have to sit down and consume it are you still gonna are you still gonna have it and sometimes you might right but then you would have said like yeah that's worth sitting down and having fine yeah but you can't have it on the go and if you just make yourself like that rule in itself you'll start losing weight perfect there is the answer to anyone's Okay, so I think I think we um covered that question about comfort eating. <laughs> yeah, we did. But now we're gonna. This is gonna be a long one as well. It's about ultra processed food, isn't it? And so, um, no, it's great. That's what I mean. It's a good question. It says trying to move away from ultra processed food, um, but need ideas for protein options that will give around. Oh, give around twenty grams as a snack. I have clear way isolate once a day post gym, but would like to see if I can replace it with this okay so that might be one that I put a, a thing in the group for but I do know that you're probably gonna go on about this obviously whey protein in theory is it is a um ultra processed food and I kind of I tend to do it as a bit of an 80 20 thing because I'm also reducing the ultra processed food but I do still have um the odd thing and for me it would be that I'd still allow myself to have a scoop of protein powder like just or a bar but just once a day, one or the other, not both. Um, but there are loads of ways of getting protein up without having... Uh, yeah, I will without say having... it, is, it is harder to get protein. You know, if you're like, oh, I've finished my workout and I just have a tin of toothfish, <laughs> like, it's not as... I mean, I... right? Like, you, you could have some milk, which is less processed. I mean, it, it's still processed for good reason. Please don't drink... Greek yogurt without without that's got protein in it and it's not as it's not considered uh, ultra processed well some yogurt is considered ultra processed but I think th this is the point it's kind yeah. of besides the point like it doesn't really matter the label on it what we want to think about is reducing ultra processed food now I agree with Ruth like one of the things I still consume that's technically ultra processed is whey protein and so I, I would don't think overeat it you're not overeating it like some that's of them not, are really that's the sole reason that people are avoiding ultra processed foods right <laughs> of course there all of like things. Yeah. The overeating Mental health aspects, but then there's just like the health aspect right so mm. I can I, I agree like I, Meg I like the principle of reducing it 
but I think where people and this is just a great example of like false dichotomies in the fitness industry which are rife especially with diet it's like a small amount of something oh no like a big amount of something is bad so then let's have none of it right mm. instead of thinking actually you know over consuming that stuff is certainly not a good thing but having some of it probably makes very little difference that and and this kind of comes back to in your head there is still a notion of good and bad foods which it's all in the context of your diet and you might not notice this by the question that you're asking but essentially that's where the root cause of it comes from there's still this underlying there are good foods and there are bad foods and there are natural foods that are good and there are unnatural foods that are bad and it's not that simple and some ultra processed foods are really useful i would say that whey protein is probably one of them if you're if like the kind of the majority of where your ultra processed foods are coming from is like a whey isolate shake once a day or even just on the days that you work out or most day, like I, I really wouldn't worry about that and i would think about your diet as a whole because I'm sure there are more low hanging fruit that can probably you could sub for instead um you can also yeah and and again I've 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 kind of was reading a couple of books on this recently so it was kind of in my head about it anyway but um I found that there you could become too it can become too much of a a thing so all I did is I kind of looked at my meals and I thought actually they're all really they're really good the meals are fine everything's fine and then I was starting to not have a bagel and I was like actually it's not that I can't have a bagel it's that in my day I don't want to be having the majority of my food coming from that I want to switch it and actually it's pretty good anyway but it's making sure that um I'm not making eating more stressful by saying I can never have something (laughs) And yeah and I think it, that's the point it's like actually you it, it becomes a negative because you add all these rules around dieting which actually isn't a positive thing and it can become quite damaging and then you have like you know I don't think Meg's like we should worry about Meg with this but that can turn mm-hmm. into orthorexia where you're scared of eating anything that isn't quote-unquote healthy mm-hmm. and that's like seen as an eating disorder right so you, you don't ever want to be in a situation where like oh I'm worried about consuming that food now you might make choices that you know whenever I don't have to eat ultra processed foods I I avoid them generally but I'm also not you know like if if I haven't had anything for a few hours and I'm at a service station and there's a protein bar like I'm gonna go for the protein bar so yeah I just just make sure that you're having a healthy like a health focused approach to that and even if you think you know if, if that's the only thing that's coming from my diet that's ultra processed and the rest is full of great nutritious healthy foods that are generally whole foods then I wouldn't worry about and it it's always snacks isn't it that people tend to end up going for those more calorie dense it's much well I say it's much easier I think it's much easier at meal times to cook the kind of the whole food the you know the, the real food as I say but again when people are snacking and on the go and rushing that's where they want to have something that is easy and often is going to be coming in a packet so it just depends that's again the benefit of having more meals and snacks yeah, I like think bigger meals where you're actually satiated where you actually sit down and you enjoy that meal versus picking on stuff on the go yeah yes okay there you go there are 
Okay, next one. Body positivity, struggle with excessive skin and fat around my middle since having my last baby in 2019, out of proportion with the rest of my body. No weight loss on scales. It fluctuates around the same each day. So she's trying to be body positive. And it's skin, skin and fat around her middle post baby. So I, mean, I think with the skin around your middle, there's you can't diet that away. You can certainly lose fat. Pardon? I've still got skin from, I had a C-section with my eldest and he was a right big baby. And um, and I, I've got skin, just not loads, but there's skin there that's never going to go. I mean, he's four, nearly 14. <laughs> I don't think it's going. Like, and it's a good question is, do you love that excess skin? Do I love my excess skin? I mean, I don't love my excess skin, but I right, don't dislike it either. So this is my yeah. point, right? I think body positivity in the sense of like, you have to love every single aspect of you is just bullshit. Like I've got stuff about me I don't love. Everybody does. Like it, it's unrealistic. I think we've created this unrealistic expectation that you will love every inch of your body. And if you don't, you're doing something wrong or you... I don't know, don't appreciate the fact that your body's had a baby, whatever. You can still have parts of yourself that you're like, I actually prefer the way my stomach looked before I had kids. That's fine. That's completely normal. And I think a better approach is like body neutrality of like, I don't hate myself because I've got some excess skin. That's ridiculous. But do I love it? No. But am I doing all I can about it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm healthy and I've got an amazing child and you know and like, you don't want to dwell on you don't want to dwell on what you can't control either like the skin like you said looking back at pictures of yourself when you didn't have it is not helping you necessarily I'm saying that as I'm sure she might not be but again sometimes we can get into this narrative of I wish I was like that still and actually it's kind of I might not I might have excess skin um, where I've had my baby, my two babies, um, and I might have had a flatter stomach, but I'm much stronger. And I actually prefer how I'm a completely different build anyway, but I kind of prefer who I am now. So, you know, I'll take that with a little bit of extra skin. Well, this is the thing. I think whenever you're comparing yourself either to your previous self or to someone else, you have to take everything with that, right? So if I'm like, oh, do you know what? I wish I had, I don't know, Ruth's family. Okay, well, I also have to take the fact that that would mean giving up parts of my life that give me more flexibility to have her life. I can't just have one part of it and be like, yeah, on a weekend, I'd quite like to like hang out as a family and have kids. It's like, yeah, but what about all the hard work during the week as well? And like all the times that they're up at night or like, you know, other stresses of like running a family, right? You can't just pick apart the good parts and it's the same with your own body like did I prefer my body before I hurt my back and wasn't in chronic pain yes but there are other aspects of my life that like would I go back there and trade everything that I've achieved over the last couple of years for that no of course not right like but it doesn't mean that I love it so I think when when you are comparing yourself it's very easy just to look at like certain aspects certain highlights like I'm sure that Natalie and I know this is a, an example that everybody gives, but you wouldn't trade your life when you had a flat stomach to your life now, right? Like, it, it's certainly not worth that. But you can't just pick one little part and be like, 
oh no, I just like a flat stomach and everything else to stay the same. It's like, well, no, because you've had to make these compromises. Your body obviously had to change to have a baby. So yeah, that, like that's what you have to accept with with the other context of things. I mean, it's quite an impressive thing to make a full human being anyway. It's quite impressive, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, and if right. anyone did want to swap, you know, just part-time family, like, you know, weekends off sounds amazing to me. Um, yeah, as I was using that analogy, I did rethink a little bit. Um, <laughs> I was like, wow, is that an offer? Just totally retracting that statement. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I mean, like, your family life looks yeah. amazing. You have a beautiful family. And, and, and it's lovely, but... again that okay yeah I'll keep it I'll keep it and then (laughs) no it's good it is all good but you know you're when you're tired like new mums are or mums of toddlers are you tend to fixate those self-limiting beliefs come in that that negativity comes in because you're really tired you're um, busy you're you feel like um you're only a mum like and I say only because it's an amazing thing, but in your head, sometimes you can get fixated on the things that you don't have anymore, like you said, without remembering so much that you do have, which is going to get better and better. And at some point, they actually, um, you have to wake them up. So it does change. <laughs> Incredible. Reverse, I know. I know. In, insane. Um, should we do the next one? Oh, it's about maintenance. It says, would you like, would love some advice on maintenance. It, it was easier when I had a very specific goal in mind. I'm trying to do some thinking about what my new goal is that isn't focused around weight loss. I like how concrete and measurable progress was in weight loss. It's also hard to find the right mindset around food now that I'm trying to figure out exactly how to relax a little more around food. Mm. Okay. So this is a good question and a topic I love because maintenance is by far the most important and hardest part. And I was actually thinking about this yesterday and I I just wrote in my notes like a few words, but I haven't had time to consolidate it into a proper message. (laughs) I was thinking that one of the reasons that maintenance is so hard is because most people just remove any discipline whatsoever. They're like, fat loss is over, I'm up in my head, I'll have more flexibility. And they don't realize that actually you still need to be quite disciplined to do all the exact same behaviors. All that changes is you eat a little bit more. Sometimes it's way less more, way less more. It's not as much more as you, I'm just gonna um, mute mute you, babe, while while you have, continue with the coughing fit as loud as you want. Oh, I hope Ruth's okay. Um, There she goes. Anyway, um, my point about maintenance is I think one of the key reasons that people struggle with it is because they, yeah, completely remove the discipline. And I think you still need the discipline. You still need to do the same behaviours. Maintenance, but honestly, isn't that different to dieting. You'll be eating a little bit more. But aside from that, there isn't like this huge difference between the fat loss phase and the maintenance phase and you actually need to do the all the exact same behaviors to maintain health anyway and if you approach this from a mindset of I want to feel my best I want to be my healthiest self and I'm going to do things that make me feel good i.e get my steps in get out for a walk every day do my journaling do my morning routine exercise consistently fuel my body with good healthy nutritious foods like 
if you want to feel your best, you need to do those things anyway. Now, I don't know anyone who wouldn't want to feel their best for the life that they live, right? Like you only get one life, may as well be feeling your best. If you take that mindset, it's much easier to continue because there isn't an end goal. You're like, if I want to continue to feel this way, I'm going to have to continue with these behaviors. So you don't get to this end point. All that happens is we're like, oh, you don't need to be in a deficit anymore. Let's pull up your calories a little bit. And then you continue and doing the exact same stuff. It often doesn't look that different either. Even with, cal- you know, if you think about the amount of calories you might be increasing in a day, it might be like an extra snack and a, or or even an extra little portion of at meals. It, it doesn't always look that different, does it? And all- Oh, I went from being in a deficit to maintenance and all I did, because I remember at the time, I don't know why I had this, you know what I'm like with food, I go through like obsessions, but I had this obsession with toasted tiger bread with like some butter on it. And that ended up being about 200 odd calories or 250 odd calories. And I think I added that and that brought me up to maintenance. Like I wasn't in a very big deficit. I was already quite lean. I just wanted to tighten things up. And I was like, that's the difference between dieting and not dieting is having a bit yeah. of buttery bread in the evening like it, it's not wildly different I still had to do my steps still had to do my workouts still had to do all the things that make me feel good and when you shift your focus just from the sole outcome is the scales to I want to feel my best so I need to do these behaviors anyway and not always looking for a result it changes completely and I know that a lot of people try and set other tangible goals at maintenance so they're like right we need to move to a performance goal and that works for some people if you're interested in that I don't have a performance goal because to be honest none of them excite me at the moment I might at some point I did for a while but now I'm like okay well there's no point giving yourself a goal that you're not that fussed for anyway like it's certainly not gonna get if we were just like right now your goal is doing 10 body weight push-ups and you're like I have no interest in doing that, but I've been told that I need to. That's not motivating. That's not going to get you anywhere. So you've got to figure out like what does excite you, what you do want to achieve. And it might not be a physical goal. It might be like, based on my values, I want to live a life that's in line with them. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at, maybe I'm going to start using Google Calendar and see where I'm spending my time. Maybe I am going to see if I can shorten my workouts but maintain my health because actually that's more in line with my values or maybe I'm going to have more sleep because I want to feel better and I know that I feel quite tired and drained at the moment or maybe I want to show up as a better partner or a better mum which means I know that I need to take some time for myself so that I can show up better for my kids for my family for my work for my partner whatever it is the goal doesn't have to be as basic as as like it needs to be performance or it needs to be fat loss or it needs to be body composition sometimes it is and I think sometimes that expectation comes often from what you guys think we want which is why I talk about values and things so much and like things outside of just fat loss or just body composition or just performance because to me they they seem so much more important like if people are going to get anything from working with us like I want them to feel like their whole life has improved. And I know that seems quite like life coachy and drastic, but that's the end goal. Yeah, we'll help you lose the fat. Fine, that that's actually not the hardest part. It's everything else. It's the habits that you create. It's the trust that you build with yourself, that you can do hard things, that you hold yourself accountable, that you're 
you've considered like what's important in your life and that you're living your life in line with that like that's the most impactful part and that's what we want for you and if you've lost the fat and you're like now that's the goal it's harder for people because it seems less tangible but it actually is quite tangible if you want to set targets on it it's just you might need to look at it from a different perspective and it's probably not what most people go to a like generic personal trainer for but we're not generic personal trainers (laughs) but Again, and and this is the thing that uh, most people say, and I'm sure that this lady got as well, is when you start the process and your mindset does start shifting and you're you're losing your body fat, one of the other things or the thing that I hear a lot is that energy is increased and productivity is increased and those types of things. So actually you're wanting to keep that still, which is another reason why you're then, your goal might be maintenance, but maintaining that with the choices you're making because yeah it isn't it isn't well it's not all or nothing it's just a little bit more of your calories but yeah well yeah because often you get like especially with maintenance people are like oh I, I felt so good when I was losing fat and they think it's because of like the diet or the deficit or something or it's the focus or it's the restriction or I don't know but it's not, it's all the behaviors that you were doing. And, and so if your goal is now like, I want to maintain how good I felt when I was making that progress, when I had a really good routine. And then this is why people keep going back to fat loss. Cause they're like, well, the only time I had that was then it's like, no, no, you can have discipline and routine and consistency and do all the things that make you feel good at maintenance as well. Like that, that should be the goal. Right. And it doesn't mean that you necessarily need to be any less disciplined at maintenance like I I live quite a disciplined life because I feel freaking awesome when I do that right like and when I say disciplined it's more like consistent and I show up for myself and I don't miss workouts and I don't have long lines when they're not necessary you know like I I live a life that's in line with my values but also like heavily focused on feeling my best like I do the actions that I know will make me show up at my best will feel my best and that's what's important to me but that probably doesn't really look very different than when I'm in like a fat loss phase or a maintenance phase like there is real like I'd know no one would know no that's the thing I I was gonna say I don't think I'd know if you were in a fat loss phase or just and also it's just a slight tweak I'd be like oh yeah I might take out that or like when I go out for dinner which is way too much I might make a like a slightly different choice like, but no one would know you know no you because you're still doing those things yeah same same behaviors yeah yeah same behaviors okay. but like, okay um, let's round uh, up here because I have another podcast yeah. exactly two minutes um oh, two minutes. yeah yeah so, I'll put a comment where we got to which is three okay. questions <laughs> well done us for getting through three questions well, I um, loved it. We'll be back to answer the rest. And yeah, I mean, I think they're much better conversations anyway. So hopefully that was valuable to people. And we'll be back later in the week. Thank you so much. <laughs>